AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and I like to get creative. Do you like to get creative? Well, I think it's time to think outside the butt. That's right, we're talking about the biggest daredevils when it comes to derriers, the pop stars of posteriors, the analysts of, well, you know. How do you survive a trip through a frog? What are some unconventional uses for a sea cucumber? And do you really need a butt? Discover this more as we answer the age-old question, are comb jellies the best at improv? Joining me today to talk about animal heinies is friend of the pod, host of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, and probably too polite of a person for this topic, Alex <laughs> Schmidt. <laughs> Katie, it's great to be here. I'm not too polite at all. I'm very excited to talk about what we all have. Everybody grow up. We all have butts. Let's just Everybody let's just up. get into them. Or yeah. do we? Oh, no. I have spoken <laughs> too soon. The animal kingdom's amazing. Well, we will talk about that later. But for now, let's talk about some, some butt daredevils, I think. Great. I'm hoping that at some point on your secretly incredibly fascinating show, which is an amazing <laughs> show, I've been a guest on it before, that you will talk about, oh, you know, you. butts. That's, you know, that's a good idea. It is many, many of the topics for the episodes are things that maybe people don't think about all the time. And right. perhaps humans thinking about each other's butts is common enough that I can't. But I'll think about it. Uh, yeah, it, it might maybe. be workable. No, no pressure there. Uh, I, I do yeah. remember that when we were talking about, <laughs> we were talking about cows uh, and cattle on yeah, your, on yeah, your yeah. podcast. And we did talk about cow farts. So I think in any topic basically in the world, you do have to talk about some stuff regarding regarding the the, the bottom, you know? Yeah, it is. It, it's 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 almost the kind of thing where people are like, oh, I'm in mixed company or among children or whatever. I can't talk about butts. And then we skip over all this stuff that I right. assume we'll get into in this show that's amazing about butts. It's it's in look, it's funny. Butts are funny. I, I will be the first to admit it. It's funny. It's okay to laugh during this episode. Uh, but I think it's also because it's seen as like, ooh, that's potty humor or, you know, that's that's kind of inappropriate. 
there's a lot of stuff that doesn't get taught to kids in school regarding butts, especially when it comes to evolutionary biology. And I think that there's a lot that you miss out on in terms of how fascinating it is. Uh, so yes, I am excited to go on this journey of checking out little animal butts and what happens with those. The first derriere adventure that I want to go on is what it's like to escape a frog. So I want to talk about a... <laughs> Imagine you're inside a frog. It's not... It's not the most ideal of circumstances, right? You want to get out of there. Yeah. I don't know about you, but you know, you're in a frog. You want to get out of the frog. Yeah, not not ideal circumstances. That's probably in the bottom twenty percent of days I've had being yeah. stuck inside a frog. Absolutely. Maybe bottom fifteen percent. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to be that bold. Yeah, that's. I mean, a bold statement, but I'll take it. And <laughs> there's basically you have two choices, right? There's there's two ends of the frog two openings that you can take um uh and some insects will try to take the mouth but one plucky little beetle has been discovered to take the rear exit now this is called the regambarsha attenuata also known as the water scavenger beetle it is a tiny black iridescent aquatic beetle it's it's very small it can fit on the tip of your pinky uh, and they are found in Japan in marsh areas and paddy fields. And they are often eaten by frogs. So one of their predators is the wow. dark-spotted frog, which they're, they're also pretty small frogs. They're about two inches or about 70 millimeters. They're, they're like these little green-brown frogs. But when one of these frogs eats these beetles, the... That's not that's not game over for the beetle. It's, he's just getting started. So <laughs> So after being ingested by the frog, the beetle manages to escape out of the back hatch. That's right, the butt. <laughs> so this is is this like the beetle's main defense against this predator is just just uh, I won't. I can't run away from it. It'll definitely eat me, and then I will depart instead of getting digested. I like that's the it, move. I think number one is try not to get eaten in the first place and yeah. try to avoid it. But if they do get eaten, they have Plan B, which stands for Plan Butt, which means go out the butt. <laughs> so lucky, lucky for all humanity this phenomenon has been captured on video which i will include in the show notes and i have sent to you alex for you to view basically you see a frog and it eats a beetle and a little and then you're like all right well that's that's a common enough story and then just about like a few minutes later and the time is sped up in the video you see the beetle just come out fully intact out of the out of the butt and walk away. <laughs> yeah, this is I'm trying to remember how that inside the human body magic school bus episode went. Like if they went out the butt <laughs> at the end. This is basically that. This is right. this bug is Miss Frizzle. This yeah. is great. Exactly. The bug is is the <laughs> magic school bus and it's full of full of tiny microscopicized children, apparently. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that show was they never horrifying. did this at my old insect that I lived in. <laughs> so the beetle can escape the dark spotted frog's digestive tract in as little as six minutes, which is much shorter than the sometimes days wow. it takes for a frog to fully digest and poop out food. So it's not just kind of riding the lazy river down the frog's digestive tract. It is taking a fast track exit right out as quickly as it can. That's amazing. Yes. And uh, they can repeat this Houdini butt routine with other frog species as well. But depending on the frog, it can take them up to six hours, like depending on how big the frog is. But still, they typically survive the ordeal. And um, researchers wanted to see how they do this. And in order to discover what they are actually doing inside of the frog, they do what uh, researchers often do, which is be incredibly mean to bugs. <laughs> so, 
Since they suspected that the water scavenger beetles used their legs to crawl out of the frog, they did an experiment where they immobilized the beetles' legs with wax, and voila, the beetles that had their little legs uh, immobilized with wax did get digested by the frog. So it turns out it is they are actually physically crawling through the frog to get out. And it's also funny because I think like this is probably how the beetle mob operates. Like they they put your little beetle legs in in wax, like or in cement, oh, yeah, yeah. and then just toss you in the frog. <laughs> right, the frog is that weird part of the Hudson River or New Jersey. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the theory is that they climb their way through the digestive tract and then tickle the sphincter until it opens. So if you don't know, the sphincter is this sort of like scrunchy-like muscle that uh, resides right at the butt, and that is how you sort of control the butt opening or closing. Which you know, yeah, so it's sure. like yeah, yeah, it's it's uh you know it's it's the for this beetle, it's the little revolving door of of butts. Well, not revolving. I don't <laughs> think it goes back in actually. So never mind about that. <laughs> It's like, it's, you know, those like action movie doors in a facility where you have to put somebody's hands on a thingy and then it reads the hands. It's yes. like that, but for tickling, like there's a, <laughs> there's a pad next to the door. And there's if you tickle little, it right, you can yeah. exit the facility. There's a little keypad and, and <laughs> little, little eyeball scanner has to go through to exit the frog. Exactly. <laughs> I love, I love like a keypad where the code is tickling because then you have to know the code is like coochie, 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 or whatever, whatever tickle noise is your choice as the facility. <laughs> right. Code accepted. Code ha ha, ha ha. Hee hee, tee hee. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think that um, the reason it probably works is that probably that triggers the frog's pooping reflex. Like, oh, I got to poop. But no, the poop is a beetle escaping, and then it tumbles out, and I imagine does a very tiny ta-da, and goes all goes along yeah. its way. I'm I'm just because I'm so thrilled to learn that this is an active decision and maneuver by the bug, because because this just let it poop you back out could totally be a passive lazy maneuver by by right. an insect, right? Like, but this is. That like six minutes just sprinting out of that, like the frog must immediately know the mistake it's made, Uh-oh. right? Like if my food started sprinting inside of me, I'd be pretty sure yeah. something's wrong yeah. fast. That that beetle is not sitting well. In fact, I don't believe it is sitting at all. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, my first thought about this is like, wait, why don't all beetles do this? Because it seems like a cheat code to get out of a frog. You just sprint out of the frog. Um, Yeah, yeah. And while there's more research that's needed on this topic, it seems that uh, the main thing, the main reason most beetles don't do this is that frog guts have very strong digestive acids so that they can digest through hard exoskeletons that bugs have. So normally you just get acidified and uh, dissolved pretty quickly. So you're not going to be able to survive inside of a frog. But these beetles, the water scavenger beetles that we've been talking about, seem to have some extra resistance to the powerful digestive acids in the frog's guts that allow them to keep moving unscathed. And so why or how they're able to do this, I believe is still being researched. But I, I just love wow. that how many avenues of research is opened up by like one observation of, oh, oh, this this beetle just escaped out of the frog's butt. Because when researchers, they were curious because it seemed like a lot of these beetles lived around the same areas that frogs were. And so they figured they must have some kind of defensive technique when faced with the frogs. They were just completely surprised to find out exactly what that was. <laughs> yeah that i also i gotta say just because of the topic the the few times you said digestive acids i really heard it as digestive asses i really heard that the frogs <laughs> have powerful digestive asses and i believed it but uh but apparently not powerful enough to defeat these bugs well you know we're gonna talk about a couple of animals later on who do sometimes eat with their butts occasionally <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay 
though. Not this is, not. This is just such a fundamental flipping of what I understand nature to be, right? Like there's that super basic drawing you see when you're learning what the food right. chain is, where a smaller fish gets eaten by a bigger fish, by a bigger fish, by a bigger fish. Like like once something eats you, that's supposed to be game over. That's supposed to be like right. like the clock right. has run out, the score's on the board, it's done. But no. They're just getting out of the butt or using the butt to start the process. Amazing. This is great. I mean, much like the digestive tract itself, I believe that this episode has a lot of twists and turns when it comes to (laughs) how one would imagine a a butt is, how it can or should be used. So, yes. Oh, boy, do I have stories to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Not all beetles use the back door for escaping a frog. Some of the more dignified insects in the world like to use the grand front entrance. The bombardier beetle doesn't really like being a guest inside Shea Frog, so if eaten by Mr. Kermit, the bombardier beetle will force the frog to throw him back up by releasing a stream of toxic boiling chemicals. And where does the bombardier beetle shoot its shot from? It's butt, of course. It always comes back to the butt. When we return, we're going to talk about the most interesting uses for a sea cucumber. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Did you know that sea cucumbers are brainless? I'm not insulting them, they literally have no brain. Instead, they have a bundle of nerves near its mouth and nerves that run down through its digestive system. It also has a variety of nerve endings on its skin that seem to help it respond to touch and light. But as we'll soon find out, the lack of a real brain may be a merciful stroke of luck for the sea cucumber. So Alex, you ready to talk about sea cucumbers and what a tragic life they sometimes lead? (laughs) Katie, I am as ready as I think I will ever be. I have a <laughs> I have a general phobia of the animals that are like creepy crawly and on the sea bottom, like anemones and stuff. And then also jellyfish get lumped into it, even though they float. But uh, yeah, these these really spook me. I'm totally ready to talk about them. But <laughs> I I feel their brainlessness and the, and their whole deal is another reason people should uh, find them freaky. Don't like it. <laughs> well, I think by the end of this, you'll feel some some sympathy for them. Um, first yeah, of yeah. all, like what we I mean, they have ta- butts, so they're they're they, not that different from me. No, but, no, but how otherwise, different could they be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we were talking about before, sea cucumbers occasionally use their butts as a second mouth. So they will 
often scoop yeah. in sediment and the like sandy sediment goes in through their mouth and then they poop it out as clean sand because they are extracting all of the nutrients from the sediment and fish poop, etc. But they will sometimes use their butt to, to scoop stuff up. It's, uh, it's really interesting. But that's not why we're talking about the sea cucumber today. The reason is because of an interesting little fish called a pearl fish. And pearl fish mm. like to play the ultimate game of hide-and-go-seek. So pearlfish are a family of little eel-like fish found in tropical ocean waters. They're often either dark brown, black, or translucent. They like to make their homes in the crevices found on other animals' bodies. So they like to be inside bivalves like clams. Uh, they sometimes find hey. their way inside of a starfish, just get right in there. Um right in that hole in that starfish, or sometimes they are found in <laughs> sea squirts. Sea squirts are tunicates who are, they look sort of just like these colorful tubes. So typically this is a commensalistic <laughs> relationship. So it means that the pearlfish is the only one who benefits, but it is not harming the animal that it is living inside. So it's not parasitic. Uh, it's not oh. uh, mutualistic. They're offering no benefit to their host, but only they are benefiting from this relationship. But sometimes the pearlfish <laughs> likes to play dirty and, and decides to take up residence inside of a sea cucumber's butt. So the sea cucumber is a relatively simple animal. Uh, they are echinoderms related to starfish, sea urchins, sand dollars, etc. They're basically a tube. They're just a a, a tube animal. They have a mouth, they yeah. have an anus, and they have a few internal organs such as gonads for reproduction. And so pearlfish will see the sea cucumber's butt and think, hey, that looks like a nice place to live. Have you ever just been on the market? You know, <laughs> rental apartment right. rentals are just so tough. And honestly, if I'm on like, you know, looking for a rental, what with the cost of living and everything, if someone was like, hey, you can get a great True. deal on a sea cucumber butt, maybe, maybe I'll do it. Does it come with Wi-Fi? Maybe I'll do it. Look, if it comes up on the Zillow map, you're gonna at least like click, right? You might close the tab right away. You might say no thanks, but you I'm, gotta check it out. I'm going to have to consider it. I mean, have you seen yeah. the prices of rentals in LA? I'm going to consider it. Pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I I had never heard of a pearl fish. Yeah. And I have pictures of it here that, that you've nicely sent, but also the name, you would think it's some sort of undersea princess, like a pearl yes. fish. And then it's doing this like impossibly uh, to my human morals, disgusting behavior. Amazing. Really great. <laughs> right. Right. You'd think, oh, it's a beautiful fish. And it's like, nope. I'm going to live inside a butthole. <laughs> this fish, it's like it's like Bart Simpson's first girlfriend who's Lovejoy's daughter but is secretly evil, right? It's like that kind of thing. It's great. I love that is that I love that this is how we are the describing the pearl fish as Reverend Lovejoy's daughter who's secretly evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's true. It really is true. So the right. pearl fish and Bart will... is not being harmed necessarily, but he's not benefiting. He's getting well, he's getting accused of stealing from the collection collection plate and everything. Well, well, we're going to talk about whether the sea cucumbers fare okay with this relationship. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> so pearlfish will see the sea cucumbers' anus and go right in there. They will wriggle their way into the sea cucumbers' butt, both taking refuge inside their intestinal tract, and also they will eat the cucumber's gonads. So when mm. in Rome, I guess eat Rome's reproductive organs is the pearlfish's philosophy. So the <laughs> fact that they do, do nibble on the gonads does make the uh, pearlfish a parasite of the sea cucumber because they are doing... Doing a harm to the sea cucumber by eating those gonads. That's a that's a no no. That's a bit of a no no. 
I th- this is a slight digression, but I just put out a secretly incredibly fascinating all about concrete. So I've been reading about the actual main drain for the water system in ancient Rome, and it was called the Cloaca Maxima. I, I, think that, I believe that's where we get the word cloaca. Anyway, I love it. Uh, go on. I love uh, it. <laughs> cloaca, by the way, I think means like one hole. And that's why oh, yeah. in, in birds and reptiles, the clo- it's called the cloaca because it is the one hole that does it all. They, they poop out of it, they yeah. pee out of it, and they re- reproduce out of it. So, uh, yeah, that, that would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but it does... So- it does Rome, make me you know? think, like, when in Rome, have a giant bird's <laughs> butthole uh, handle your your public uh, infrastructure. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it is puzzling why pearlfish would do this, because the inside of the sea cucumber is actually quite toxic, which is a way for them to ward off predators and uninvited butt guests. But the pearlfish copes with this toxic environment with an extra thick layer of mucus on their skin that protects them. So they're just these little wriggly mucus-colored eels that like to live in a butt. Really (laughs) attractive creature. A lot to speak highly of them. (laughs) I mean, it's it's always that thing. Nature is just going to do what it does, and we find it gross, and we find it reprehensible that they're being Reverend Lovejoy's daughter. But it's right. just the way it is, and uh, and I don't know. Maybe maybe where I live, they're like, "Ew, a bunch of drywall and concrete." Uh, gross. Ew, where's their body? Disgusting. Not gross. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're so not covered in snot. That's gross. Yeah, I mean, who are we to judge a creature that is covered in snot and lives inside of a butt? Can we really say like who's the real who's the real snot covered eel like fish living inside of a butt? The pearlfish or us? <laughs> <laughs> so usually there's only one pearlfish per sea cucumber but occasionally groups as large as 15 will be found in one unfortunate sea cucumber it may be what? due to some kind of threat forcing them all to shelter <laughs> shelter in place inside of a sea cucumber it had better or- be it had better be a threat. Well, if I'm a sea cucumber and all 15 of you are in here, there had better be a house on fire. You know what I mean? That's well, the old, another, Maybe that's okay. Another theory is that they are congregating to mate. So a little oh, bit rude. I think that's a little rude, you know? <laughs> Coming in uninvited and then also having like a swinger party. It, it seems rude to me. <laughs> and then you're like, sir, you're like, put your keys in the bowl and please help yourself to see cucumber gonads. <laughs> so the poor sea cucumber is left with little defense against the pearlfish. They can't actually like shut their butts, like close the door on these pearlfish because they actually breathe through their anus. So it's, you know, they've got to let the pearlfish come in at some point, you know. <laughs> Fortunately, again, sea cucumbers don't really have a brain. So I would say it probably doesn't have much of a experience of like, oh, no, there's a fish in my butt. True, true. Yeah, really? it's, basi- it's, it's basically an Airbnb that, that people have right. figured out they can do this stuff with. You know? The B&B in like- an Airbnb takes on a whole new <laughs> <laughs> like all the all the reviews on the page have like really subtle euphemisms for an orgy and then other people looking at it just figure it out. It's one of these, I guess. I would imagine. <laughs> I haven't done that. <laughs> oh man, it's just there it's so nature is so creatively perverse. It's like, hey, <laughs> not only are we gonna have these fish live inside of sea cucumber butts and happily feast upon they're gonads. But then, hey, why not have a fish orgy in here? Look, like we've already passed the moral Rubicon when it comes to like being inside right. of a butt. I feel it's almost it'd be weirder to me if the fish were just not doing anything interesting inside of it. Just like knitting, doing some like cross stitching inside, <laughs> you know, <laughs> reading Little Home on the Prairie inside of your your sea cucumber butt. Uh, that would be that would almost be creepier. That'd be more disconcerting. 
<laughs> right, like they use the butt to listen to public radio. Okay, well that's weird. Now I'm creeped out. We have a caller from a sea cucumber's butt who'd like to complain about the cursing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, caller, what's your name? Well, Carl, Emily, uh, we got Rob. Who else is here? Aaron. Aaron's here. Uh, <laughs> it's like a clown car. It really is like yeah. a clown car. Just, And it's funny. The reason that we know so many pearlfish can fit inside a cucumber is someone caught a sea cucumber and a bunch of pearlfish came out of it, which has to be shocking. I mean, I feel like if you're handling and dealing with sea cucumbers, you're used to at least a little bit of weird. But to have that sure. much weird, like, I feel like if it was one fish coming out of the sea cucumber, normal day, you're like, all right, sure. Fifteen? Right. That, would, <laughs> that would make me question my reality. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Like there's a it's like those YouTube videos where they teach you to pull scarves out of your mouth like a magician. It's one of the like who who is doing a bit. Right. And then they go like, they go back in the sea cucumber as the finale and the sea cucumber turns into a rabbit. <laughs> or a sea hare. God, the joke was right there and I missed it. A sea hare, uh, which is actually a type of sea slug. That has little, they have these rhinophores, oh. which are, they look like bunny ears, but they are not. They're sensory organs. We talked about it on the show earlier. Uh, there's a, uh, on a, other episodes, but yeah, sea <laughs> hair. There you go. And sea bunny. <laughs> Those are cute. If you want to yeah. have a good day, if you want to have a good day, here's my advice. Google sea bunny. It's very cute. It's the little, they okay. are tiny uh, nudibranchs. Who have they look like they have a little bunny tail and little bunny ears, and their ears are actually like sensory organs, and their tails are their branching lungs, and it's really cute. Wow. Okay. Adorable. This is this is a new cartoon that can be made, like Sea Bugs Bunny. Great. Into <laughs> sea, it. Sea Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> saying saying what's up, Doc, and then just getting eaten by a shark. <laughs> Elmer Fudd with a spear gun, but it blows up in his own face somehow. I don't know how a, a spear would blow up, but he'd find a way. If the pearlfish looks nothing like a pearl, can you guess why they're called pearlfish? It's likely because the person who discovered them found them in an oyster or other bivalve and thought, hey, who does this fish think it is? A pearl? When we return, we're going to get back to the important business of talking about butts. Namely, how many of them should you have? Having a butt is one of the most important parts of our development. When we start out as blastocysts and then embryos, we develop butt first. We're deuterostomes. As we develop from a cluster of cells, the first opening, called the blastopore, becomes the anus. This is a fun fact we share with all other chordates which are animals with a nerve cord, as well as with echinoderms, which include starfish, sea urchins, etc., and a handful of little worm-like animals. The opposite is true of protostomes, whose blastophore, that first opening, becomes the mouth first. This is the case for arthropods and mollusks, for example, bugs and snails, and is also true for worms, nematodes, tardigrades, flatworms, and a whole bunch of other small, strange, squirmy creatures. But hey, what happens when you don't have a butt at all? So, Alex, on average, <laughs> how many butts do you think most animals have? I I really came into this thinking one. Just one. Yeah, no, no, you're you're right. No, it's yeah. not a trick question. That is it, I also yes. off of, off of what you were just saying, I am finding myself surprised that like you know when you're told evolution is real and it's like, but some people don't want to be descended from monkeys. And I'm like, ah, I'm so wise to be cool with that. I'm really cool with being descended from monkeys. Somehow <laughs> I'm much less cool with mainly growing from my own butt. I want to be yeah. grown from like my brain or or uh, like a right. cool finger or something. A cool, some, something the, elevated. What's you know? your coolest finger? What's your favorite one? Uh, I mean, classic pointer, right hand. Yeah. That's probably, that's probably yeah. the go-to. That's finger, the leader. Yeah. Yeah, that's the Red Ranger. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like that's the, I like the head the of the team. 
It's uh, the middle, the uh, middle one, the middle one, <laughs> dude, dude. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, no, it is humbling to realize that we grow butt first, isn't it? It's like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, we start out as basically we look like a little, like a tiny little sock with one opening, and that one <laughs> opening is the butt, uh, and mm. then we will form the mouth part later <laughs> okay yeah like a really gross klein bottle mm. do mm-hmm. people know what that is never mind no. anyway uh <laughs> no i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> it's a mathematical solid that is all one thing but it has ah. a, an opening at the top anyway uh, that's that's probably the least relatable thing i've ever said so we Where can go math on. And butts converge. <laughs> You know, most animals do have a butt because it serves a very good purpose, which is, you know, to get the waste out. You you put food in one end and it comes out the other end. Or even if you're a sea cucumber, like you put in to, put food in the mouth end or the butt end and it comes out the butt end. So, yeah. you know, it, it's it's good to have at least two holes. But sometimes you don't. And mm-hmm. there is an animal that has zero butts, and you're actually much more well acquainted with this animal than you probably think you would be. So, the Demodex folliculorum, which sounds like an alien creature, but you probably have them in your circle of friends right now. Um, In fact, there's probably quite a few living on you right now. Uh, Demodex Mm. folliculorum, is a microscopic mite that lives in your eyelashes and hair follicles on your face. Yay! You got friends <laughs> everywhere you go. You got friends wherever you go. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just hear a really loud tremor sound as I start removing all of my hair in a panic. Like <laughs> it's like really close to the mic. It's like, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> well, they are teeny tiny and they can't be seen with the naked eye. Um, when you look at them under a microscope, they look like weird stubby worms with arms. I'm sorry to say they're not the happiest looking microscopic animal. I'm sorry. Um, but you know, they are mostly harmless despite their somewhat alarming look and the probably unwelcome knowledge that they are on your face most likely. Uh, they feed on sebum, which is an oily substance produced in your pores, as well as dead skin cells. So they re- they're mostly harmless. They're not like you know they're not like sucking your blood or anything. They're just kind of munching on your sebum. And typically, if you have an uninhibited immune system, they will cause no problems, and their numbers are kept in check. But very rarely, if you have uh, an immune issue or skin irritation issues, they could cause some some skin issues like a rash or or skin irritation. So, you know, but in most mm. cases and like like the vast, vast majority of cases, you won't even know that they're on you and they really cause no problems. They better keep it that way. <laughs> Perhaps it's like maybe knowledge in this particular instance is not power because... Uh, <laughs> Knowing they're on your face is, you know, it's it's like it takes a little getting used to. I'm sorry to uh, to you know make this known, but hey, if I have to suffer, you do too. So yeah, they spend- well, and this is good because I want to put all my parasites on notice. Like right. we're recording this, we're broadcasting it. You're all right. you're all taking a warning right now. I'm, I'm watching. Yeah. Yeah, and I just a- learned one of your names. I can probably <laughs> learn the other ones. I won't remember them, but I'll write them down in like a little file. There write we go. out a teeny tiny eviction notice and like staple <laughs> it to your face. Uh, they, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's a question. Are they parasites or are they commensalistic? Because they, I think that they do technically qualify as parasites because they can occasionally cause skin issues, but I think in most people, it might be considered commensalistic because they don't really hurt us. So, but they, they don't benefit us e- either. Um, so mm. they actually spend their whole lives on your face and their life cycle is quite short. They live about two weeks. 
And if you're thinking in all of this, like, wait a minute, I don't want a bunch of little guys on my face and on my eyelashes pooping on me. Well, you don't have to worry because they don't poop because they can't because they do not have a butt. Man, two weeks. I, I don't want to retape my threat every two weeks. This is a, this is a real pain. Oh, man. Forget it. But so no, no, no butt. They just no if they have no butt, they just die of not being able to poop. Is that is that kind of thing? I, mean, I guess you need a butt if you want to live more than like a yes. second, huh? Yes, they only live about two weeks, so their lifespan is so short that yeah, they don't really need the butt. And I'm not sure whether it's the not having the butt that eventually kills them, or if it's just like old age. I'm sure not having the butt certainly doesn't help with their longevity, but. They are able to mate before they die, and so that's all that matters to nature is if you can <laughs> pass on your weird buttless genes to your offspring. Nature and has no standards. No standards. <laughs> Their standard is whether you can do it. And that's it. <laughs> can you do it? Hey, we'll we'll let you we'll let you not have a butt if you can do it, if you can manage. So they're la- yeah, like if there's another message I may broadcast to nature. I started as a butt, okay? I'm very on top of checking that box. You don't need to keep having me re-up my license or whatever. I, I started from the bottom. <laughs> yeah, and nice. that's that's we all, it. We, it's a rags to riches story. I we all didn't mean started to do that. from the bottom. Worked out. Yeah. <laughs> but not these not these little little fellas. So yeah, their lifespan is basically they they are born uh, on your face, uh, they eat, they reproduce, lay eggs, and then die. Without the need to poop. Uh, And (laughs) unfortunately, that doesn't mean we don't get their waste matter on our faces. Because when they die, the poop has nowhere to go but our face. So, Mm. you know, I mean, maybe it's some comfort that they're not like pooping out of their butts. Is that comforting? Or is just like little, little bean bags full of poop that eventually just like explode poop on your face worse? If you mites keep pooping on my face, I'm going to throw you in a frog, <laughs> as the mob does. Okay, that's the threat. We're broadcasting the threat right now. Don't like it. If you're weirded out by this, or like kind of freaking out that there's a bunch of things crawling all over your face, first of all, I apologize. Second of all, they're so tiny. They yeah. literally are sm- like they fit inside of like the the caverns of your your follicles your hair follicles so they they like a few of them can be on a single hair follicle and that you just, there's you can't see them you can't see them they're the little john cena's of your face there's no seeing them uh without a, a microscope <laughs> and so you, you really don't have to worry like you don't have to worry like if you're trying to someone's trying to kiss you and they're like oh my god what's that on your face it's a bunch of you you know they're just they're tiny. I mean we're 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 covered in various organisms like bacteria and so on that that are all in inside and outside of us and it just so happens that these are animal little tiny animals that live on us. Is that I feel yeah. like I'm being less I'm being less and less helpful actually. No, I and I I love how you always start the show with being host of many parasites because it's just normalizing (laughs) this thing that we should all be fine with. Right, I've been joking before about the threats. It's it's whatever (laughs) they could do what they're going to do. I can't stop it, and it's probably helping me somehow in the long run. Live and let live, even if it's a buttless two week lifespan. (laughs) Well, but I will be back in two weeks to threaten them again. But mark it down. (laughs) Thank you. The new generation, yes. Uh, well, if you're not a fan of the no butt lifestyle, maybe I can interest you in a lot of butts, <laughs> like a p- plentiful butts, a bounty of butts. <laughs> so, Just imagine is... that pitch on QVC or whatever late at night. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm, I'm sleepy. I guess, I guess I'll hear this out. <laughs> <laughs> for the working person who doesn't have time for only one butt, the omnibut. <laughs> Four easy payments. That sounds fine. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. One payment per butt. Okay, sure. Yeah. I don't know Four how many butts this will be. $9.99 for $9.99 butts. Well, yeah. <laughs> so this story is complicated because when I do my research for the show, I try really hard to find like original OG papers to back up what I'm saying so that I've 
am not contributing to fake butt news. Uh, this is one <laughs> I have not been able to track down the original paper. So please take this with a caveat that I am still kind of looking into this. So, um, you know, just uh, a little grain of salt, gr- a grain of butt salt. And um, but I have seen some rumors that there is a species of marine flatworm called the gold speckled flatworm or Thysanozone nigropapillosum. Well, we'll go with gold speckled flatworm. And they're <laughs> quite beautiful. They are a marine flatworm. They look like a flat, velvety black pancake with gold speckles and a white fringe. They're really beautiful. Yeah. They only grow. It's very stylish. Few- it's sort yeah. of like if a clownfish had an alternate jersey. It's great. Right, right. <laughs> They look, yeah, they look, they look like a piece of underwater fashion, just a floating, you know how, uh, in Dr. Strange's cape is like sentient and flies oh. around and helps him out. This yeah. looks like a sentient magical cape. Uh, yeah. So they, yeah, they're, they're, they're like very, it. they're very mysterious and, and beautiful. They, it's like, it's like, oh, the starry sky, a starry night on, on a sentient cape, but they're only about three inches yeah. big. So about eight centimeters long, so little guys. So according to a few articles I've read, and again, I couldn't find like the original studies or the original descriptions in like a a journal. So I'm uh, worried that this isn't true, but uh, I mean, I haven't seen anyone like debunk this either. So, and I think I saw it in like the BBC. So it's not like I didn't read this in um, like the New York Post or like... Uh, world news, <laughs> the amazing Bat Boy, and butts, butts, butts. <laughs> so some reputable news sources, but again, it's like sometimes, uh, you know, I, I just like to double check, make sure. Um, I do. But, I wish it was the New York Post, like the gossip section specifically, <laughs> like gold speckled flatworm coming out of one oak, you know, with with a new person on its arm. What's going on there? You know, <laughs> caught with multiple butts at once. So, <laughs> <laughs> they apparently have multiple anuses or m- some sort of multiple anal openings on their backs, which uh, is impressive given that actually some species of flatworms don't even have a single anus. They just like they have a mouth. So they eat through their mouth and then they poop through their mouth. So it's, you know, just like oh. one one hole does it all. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I the fact that like it. I'm trying to research, like, why do they have multiple butts and and how and what's going on? Like, I'm still struggling to find research on this. So this is my call to any flatworm specialist who may have knowledge of multiple butts and how this could possibly happen to get in touch with me so that maybe we could together solve the mystery of the many butts. (laughs) <laughs> as a as a science community solve this mystery please you it should you should up put up night. the weirdest and least understandable bat signal in the sky like like what is that <laughs> picture flat, oh my god a flatworm and, and a bunch of butts <laughs> you're just waiting on a roof in a trench coat like commissioner gordon like somebody's gonna come I put it up. Just do it, doing it deep throat style where I'm like in a parking garage sliding a briefcase and it's like just a just a picture of a butt and a question mark. <laughs> but yeah, I will look I'll, I'll keep you up to date if I find anything uh more about yeah. this story, about the story of the mini butts, the mystery Nancy Drew and the mystery of the mini butts. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't I don't think this will be a thing I need to consider, but of all the things we've discussed, I would consider the multi-butt situation. I don't know. Maybe it makes pooping easier and stuff. Yeah, Why not? right? Like I'm maybe open to that's it. maybe that's uh, like the the advantage, right? Like you can process more waste or something. I, I really this yeah. why this is so interesting to me is as far as I know, there aren't really there aren't cases of multiple butts because it just doesn't offer that many benefits like you just have one system you push it out that system and hey you're done and so like if this is actually true it would be really interesting from 
you know, an evolutionary perspective, which is why like part of me is like scared that it's not true because this would be like the unicorn of butts and I need to know, I need some verification. <laughs> Uh, but there right. is one that I, I was able to verify that is still super interesting when it comes to butts, and that is the comb jelly. The comb jelly has the best of both worlds. They only sprout a butt when they need it. So, Alex, I remember, I think we were talking earlier and you were mentioning that you have a slight um, a slight aversion to, like, jellyfish and, and yeah. so on. But I think comb jellies you might like because they are just like little, uh, like light up balloons. They um, are a <laughs> phylum of colorful, translucent, balloon like marine animals. They are not actually related to jellyfish that closely, even though they look sort of jellyfish like. They don't really have like hmm. tentacles like jellyfish do. They have uh, these like iridescent strobe effects on their sides. Uh, and sometimes they're bioluminescent even because like as their cilia, which are these like little tiny mobile hairs on their sides, like move and allows them to move through the water that causes light to refract. So it looks like they have these like uh, light, this light show going off their, their back of like lights just kind of shining and going in sort of a wave effect uh, all around their sides. So it's really beautiful. And in addition to being pretty, when they've got a poop, they just open up a brand new butthole every time. Oh, so it's just like, it's just like, I could use a butthole here. Open. Right. That's, pre that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's like, you know, new day, new butt. So <laughs> basically. It's like if that T-1000 in the Terminator movies was also just kind of casually doing bodily functions as it, as it mm -hmm. remorphed and stuff. Great. Right, exactly. No, precisely. <laughs> Basically, their digestive organ will fill up, and then when the waste accrues, it is expelled through a new anal pore that just pops open. So this yeah, is yeah, that's the yeah, life. Yeah, that is the life. You know, no need to no need to worry about like hygiene and stuff. Just new butt. Just get a new butt every time. <laughs> just like a. The, these I'm imagining these jellies as like a couple at dinner and it's like, we haven't done a new butt in a long time. Do you want to do a new butt this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, let's do a new butt. I feel like we're we've we're in a rut of the same butt. Right. And a rut a butt rut. We're in yeah, a butt, butt rut. rut. <laughs> we need a new butt. <laughs> so this is the first transient anus ever discovered, which <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey, congratulations, scientists. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's an auspicious discovery because because so much of science it's like oh i have i have plumbed the depths of the sea or the wonders right. of the stars and this one it's yes. you get to write the phrase transient anus over and yeah. over again yeah. in a journal that like, rules i have Good i have job. discovered a new kind of bear like that was back with science like you know like yeah. 100 years ago when we still hadn't like discovered all the species or and or killed them all and now, like, we're yeah, down easy. to, like, well, I've found a type of transient butthole. <laughs> it's a phantom butthole. It must have been, like, legitimately hard to discover or spot because it comes and goes, right? right? That's amazing. Right. That's cool. They found one of these guys and they, like, created a butthole and then they realized the butthole was gone. And they're like, wait a minute. Nancy <laughs> Drew and the mystery of the missing butthole. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I should use Encyclopedia Brown. I don't know. Well, you, either way, the town police like do step in on that case. Like, no, you are too young. I'm sorry. We we are. We'll we'll have the real police look for right, it. Uh, right. <laughs> you don't have a degree in butt biology. I don't think so, little Missy. <laughs> we'll take it from here, and then the FBI steps in. The federal butt inspectors and they're like no we'll take it from here <laughs> every, every member of the federal butt inspectors bought one of the t-shirts at the beach and did not right. know it was a legally binding <laughs> contract to work for them <laughs> and then the cia steps in the the uh the colon investigation agency and they're like no we'll take wow. it from here and so on until you run out of butt puns with acronyms Ha 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 
So yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's it appears that the rules to having a butt are much more flexible than one would think. Yeah, that's that's the, like you just think of a butt as being so fixed and like. Yeah. Especially this this flatworm that has many many butts. There's got that means so much plumbing, allegedly. right? Uh, like, allegedly, legally, I right. must say allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> has not been proven in a court of law how many butts the flatworm has. <laughs> they they have many butts and even more lawyers. We got to be careful. Right. We got to look out. <laughs> like you, you thought you knew butts, but you didn't know butts. And, and, but now you do. Now you know a little more about the wonderful world of butts. And thank you so much for, for coming with me on this, on this journey to discover more about butts. The science of butts, you know. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I think it's educational. I really, no, it, it, Katie, it's always a treat. And I, <laughs> this, this was like really fundamentally amazing. I, I, I really mean that. Like, I just didn't think. Right. It was that much variety. Like I thought it would be funny looking butts or something. There was, right. but there was so much like fundamental systems of nature and of ex- of existing as an animal that right. can be different. Really exciting. Yeah. No. Exactly. Uh, it's there's a lot to be discovered if you let go of your hang up of not talking about butts. <laughs> so tell the people where they can find you, and hopefully well, not inside a sea cucumber butt. <laughs> now it's booked this weekend. They they got it. Uh, so I'll be here. Now I, I you can hear my show secretly incredibly fascinating. It's sifpod.fun as the Patreon or Linktree slash sifpod for all the links to hear it on various stuff. It's a free show and then bonus stuff for supporters. And it is about the history and the science and the lore of things that we think are ordinary that are actually amazing. And and it has many amazing guests, including the great Katie Golden on an episode about cattle and a whole nother episode about musk oxen. And I think you will especially love those if you like this show. Uh, And, and I would recommend that you listen to this amazing show. You already do. Good job. I think the whole, I think the whole series is fascinating. One might even say incredibly fascinating. Hey, hey. so check that out. Uh, Did you, did you tell the people your socials? Oh, at Alex Schmitty on Twitter and AlexSchmitty.com. See, see those, see those for mostly peanuts related, like uh, Snoopy, <laughs> Snoopy related content. And you can find me on the internet at Creature Feature Pod on Instagram at Creature Feet Pod on Twitter. That's F E A T, not F E E T. That is something very different. And hey, if you have a question, even if it's not about butts, you can email me. Creature Feature Pod at gmail.com. And thank you so much for listening. I hope you had fun learning about butts. Uh, and if you're enjoying the show, please leave a rating or a review. I really appreciate it. I read them all, they always make my day. Thank you so much. And thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina. Creature Features a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Where have you listened to your old... Look, I'm not going to judge you. Where have you listened to your shows? Do it. Go and You're doing it right now. You're, you're listening right now. So I'm sure you've figured it out. See you next Wednesday. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, The CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. 
eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.